And this is Bourbon Wine and True Crime, a podcast where three exhausted, but we're here, <laughs> friends sit down once a week to drink together virtually and discuss true crime. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. We discuss but true crime, here. we catch up, we cry, we do lots of things. <laughs> so many things. I'm awake before noon. I'm proud of myself. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm proud, proud of you. too. <laughs> Before anybody comes at me in the comments, I wake up at 4 a.m. during the week, so fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't even know how you physically do that. Like where I, don't I have to be, on, I'm on the same schedule. Like I'm I'm up at 6.30, whether I'd like to be or not. Like that's just happening. Nope. And <laughs> I know when we were there, I was like, Randy, uh, we've been awake for three hours. Are you going to be awake? And you're like, no. Like... <laughs> So for those of you, so our listeners who follow us on uh, social media, we we did get to have a weekend together two weeks ago that was short, fast, and furious, and awesome, and we had so much fun. But yes, Randy slept, and we're like, we have coffee. Well, if she's like, I'll have tea. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny because we were um we were supposed to go to the zoo the Saturday that you guys were here, and mm-hmm. then it snowed. <laughs> And it was 24 degrees out. I was aggressively all day. I was going to pack my swimsuit because I've been suntanning here. <laughs> and so I was like, I'll just continue it there. Nope. Nope. It was mm-hmm. so funny because you guys like just looked out the window and were like, what is that? Like, <laughs> the springs. It was such a uh a shock to say the least. That was not it, it, anywhere what we were expecting, but it was very it, pretty. It was very pretty and it worked out beautifully. We got pickles. We, we did. did. We, we went so to a winery. It was beautiful. It was a fun week and we wanted to record in, you know, in person, but we just didn't have the time because it was, like you said, a very, very quick weekend. Mm-hmm. But it was a lot of fun. Lots and lots of fun. What are you guys lots drinking? Oof. Coffee. Coffee. <laughs> it's early Sunday my liver can't handle anything right now i, I have wait a bit i have tea and then i have these busy seltzers at sunny left when she was here nice yeah <laughs> little hair hair of the dog very nice yes that's necessary um i do i have something uh a prop in um honor of sunny's tiny hands i'm gonna wear my tiara because <laughs> it is it is may and therefore, it is my birthday month because as a month. Taurus, we celebrate the entire month. The entire. My friend Shay is a Libra and she also has her birthday month. So, <laughs> Tiny. And it makes me feel better. And like we were just so before we started recording everybody, like it's been a very sad two weeks for me. My my baby Rosa's was taken away very suddenly so it's been really sad so my tr it makes me happier today like i'm gonna wear it and if, if I, i'm gonna maybe it's maybe it's a crooked crown i don't know i'm trying to get it straight but whatever it makes me happy i love it it's gorgeous yeah, gorgeous this was my homecoming crown 
Oh, maybe like this. No. Oh, well, whatever, whatever. We're just going to wear it as it is. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. gorgeous. Well, so what are we talking about today? Ladies. Well, I've got an update. I've got two updates on two of the cases that I've covered so far. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about April Tinsley from our April 1st crimes. And then I'm going to give you an update on the Lori Vallow cult mom case, which I have been following obsessively because damn. She's nuts. We just... It is amazing that we are part of the same species that do such heinous things. I just keep going. I'm not with them. I <laughs> were separate. <laughs> Came separately. <laughs> not in our party. Ooh. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I know I talk about it a lot because I don't I don't have children. I have no intention of having children. Um, I don't particularly like children, but like the thought of hurting like intentionally hurting a child is just so alien to me and I don't understand how these people can murder or abuse Mm -hmm. a child I I just like my Mm -hmm. it's it's just so I don't my brain doesn't go there the ones that really kill me and I won't go into any sort of like headline details but the when they're just infants yeah that is like awful it's you so don't deserve awful. to be alive if you did that to an infant like Mm-mm. yeah and it happens way more than we care to acknowledge just remove yourself or want to oh you don't have the mental capacity yeah exactly be gone with you well i'm excited that we're going to hear some updates on the cases and i am going to be covering some some local news from Vegas which I'm pretty stoked about although there's less than I thought there was going to be but it's still interesting so we're gonna be talking about a little bit of Lake Mead I'm excited yeah love a good body of water full of bodies Mm. oh actually and I have something that (laughs) needs to be posted along with this so I'm gonna put it in our group chat too funny okay are you ready I'm ready. Yes. Okay. So (laughs) it's from Reddit and it's shower thoughts. And it says people will swim in the ocean, even though there are definitely many corpses in it. People will not swim in a pool with a corpse in it. Humans all have a corpse to water ratio that's acceptable for them to swim in. (laughs) So. (laughs) Oh, that is accurate. That's funny. That's I love the realistic thoughts. It's true. It's true. So yes. Well, so AJ, you want to want to take it away with your your updates? Yes, 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 yes. So when we first talked about, we're going to start with April Tinsley. Um, I did not have an update on her, um, on her killer. So at the time, I mean, and and pretty for a while, there was nothing new until until um the last several years where there has been an actual suspect or suspects that were that were valid and then like bringing someone to justice um because it's been 30 something years it's been a long time so here's our update 
killer finally caught. More than 30 years after her 1988 murder, justice was finally served for April Tinsley. In May 2018, investigators sent the suspect's DNA samples to a forensic company, which used the website GED Match. I'm not sure what that stands for, but I'll put it in our notes to see if the suspect's relatives could be identified. So I'm assuming that's a genetic genealogy website. In July 2018, the list of suspects was narrowed down to two brothers, one of whom was John D. Miller, a mobile home resident of Grabille, Indiana. Miller seemed to fit the typical profile of a violent pedophile. He was described as an angry, uh, an angry loner with poor hygiene and a short temper. He was once fired from a factory job for destroying a time clock. Probably most disturbing was Miller's tendency to walk a few hundred feet from his home to a local softball field where he would watch kids play. Ew. Nope. After obtaining items from Miller's trash, investigators were able to match the suspect's DNA to Miller. Okay, let me round that out with just what he's been um, convicted of and what his sentence is we just I hate that we have just like oh yeah you know like your typical pedophile profile like we just yeah yeah, just like casual like it's like a normal thing now it's disturbing on so many levels let me find where this was at I'm so sorry guys Uh, elevator music Okay, here we go. So when Miller was confronted by detectives and asked if he asked if he knew um, why they wanted to talk to him, police reported that Miller replied, April Tinsley. So they show up and they're like, do you know why we're here? And he immediately knows and says April Tinsley. So 30 years later, this is 30 years later. Miller confessed to murdering April. And in December 2018, he pled guilty and was sentenced to 80 years in 80 years in prison. 50 years for the murder of April Tinsley and 30 for child molestation. Keep in mind, he's been able to walk amongst civilians for the last 30 years and live his own human life. Meanwhile, he has destroyed the lives of children he's molested and killed this poor poor child. He is currently uh, serving his sentence at the Newcastle Correctional Annex in Newcastle, Indiana. He will be eligible for release in July 2058 when he is 99 years old. Nope. Was he on the registry for anything else? Like the sex offender registry? I, that I do not know. I do not know if he was or not. I can look that up and I can include it in our notes. So that's the update on April Tinsley's killer. When we left off on that case, I had not uh, identified the the um the perpetrator the killer etc so we know what, where he is now and he is thankfully rotting away in a insect ridden excellent where he should be where he so, should be exactly cool. where he should be i hate people you know there's this whole like we don't get political um i don't think this is political i think it's just like basic civil rights but you have so many of these governors that are targeting the LGBTQIA plus community. It's like, they're they're grooming children. If we're talking statistics, you should be looking at yep. the straight white men. Because mm-hmm. those, that's, those are the, that's where let's the predator ha- pool is. Uh-huh. Let's ban vacation Bible schools for a while, shall we? 
All we're going to do, we're already listening to everybody anyway. So if they say the word females, then that's it. We're done. And then that, you- <laughs> that was a struggle for me. Cause like being in the military, it's, it's males and females. Right. And that's just part of our like basic everyday, you know, lingo, like males and females. And I really had to make an effort to stop doing that. But what I've noticed with like the misogynists is it's, they're like, oh, men do this and men do this. And then the females and I'm like, Ugh. I want them to call us um, Iron Man instead. Mm-hmm. Because F-E, Iron Man. Yeah, it's the same mm-hmm. thing. Same Female, same thing. Iron Man. I just mm-hmm. feel like it rolls off the tongue more easily. I agree. You know how, um, so TikTok is an algorithm, right? Mm-hmm. So mine varies between like animal videos and like funny videos and like feminist videos and things like that. Um, I don't know what side of TikTok I ended up on, but I thought it was a video stitch and it was just this guy and he's like, yeah, all these females want a high quality man and they've been ran through by all these guys and they're like single moms and like, what's their worth? And I was, I watched the video twice because I was waiting for the stitch mm-hmm. and it wasn't a stitch. It was just that video. And I was like, why are, how am I, what is, what is, why, why is this in my algorithm why? here? <laughs> also what's a stitch? It's where, um, so somebody will take a video and like the, the video will play and then they kind of like respond to it. So like they'll stitch yeah. it with their own content. Stitch, okay. Yeah. So okay. like they'll re- it'll be like, oh, females do this. And then somebody will like jump in and be like actually you know it's like I don't know who invited you it's the same guy who also would show up uninvited to a party like no one wants you here no one wants you there no one wants you I was you're unwanted sir I was so confused I was just like why are you on my why how am I where am I why (laughs) where am I we are not in Kansas anymore so do you think that if they did refer to us as Iron Man and they did it in plural do you think it would be Iron Men or Iron Mans? Because I struggle with this with Spider-Man as well. And I just have not gotten a clear answer. Iron Men? Iron Man? I'm going to go with Iron Men. Do you think so? Yeah. Also, though, Multiple can Iron we just... <sighs> Iron Mans just sounds funny. Iron Mans. Uh, Spider-Mans. <laughs> Spider-Mans. But I also kind of, like, don't want to be called man, like, at Oh, like not even Iron Man. Like that implies that I belong to the group of men. Men. Like why most men just, just like if you're going to call me anything in that context, like I will go, I will, I will take Iron Men. Mm-hmm. Over female. Over female. <clears throat> yeah, I I'm not sure I want to be lumped into that category of men even if it's iron I don't like that algorithm I don't either yeah so I don't I don't anyway anyway speaking of iron men i.e women i.e uh the worst (laughs) kind of women well that was a very bad segue but we had to get into (laughs) it it was smooth real smooth we had to to jump into it somehow (laughs) so let's Let's get back to Lori Vallow, who is the most, one of the most horrific, like just horrible people on the planet. And I want to start saying, I want to start this segment off by saying, if you have been watching any of the coverage, if you have had that come across your feed, if you've seen any pictures of her while she's in court, 
<laughs> this bitch has her hair like done wavy. Her eyebrows are perfect. She's wearing red lipstick every day. And she walks into court like it's a complete inconvenience. She shouldn't have to be there. Why do I have to listen to this? And she's like this. You know, that's probably how she feels. Exactly. That's exactly how she feels. That's exactly, that's exactly how she feels. And she's exuding that energy, which is not going to go well with the jury because she all, she, all she looks concerned with is her appearance. Now this is a former beauty queen. Like she was in pageants. Like she was always like the apple of the, like she was a cheerleader. And I get that. Like you want to, I, that mentality, I guess is hard to break. So what I've read, and this is a, just a total side note, is that the ladies in prison, like she has like charmed everybody and they've taught her how to like make lipstick, <laughs> red lipstick out of Jolly Ranchers, mm-hmm. <laughs> how to make eyeliner and like eyebrow pencil with like crayon. And she was also, she has like her cosmetology license. Like she, she knows how to like do hair and stuff. So it looks like to me, like she's using like maybe sheets or a shirt to like like bind her hair at night so that it's like wavy and curly in the morning for court and it's just so disgusting and disturbing to me that that's where her energy is throughout this entire reflection or no or like 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 like, like even just like sit down shut up and look normal just like behave and she walks in like all right. The second thing about her appearance, I just have to bitch about for just a minute. You ha- do me a favor, take your phones right now and Google Lori Vallow mugshot or Lori Vallow court. And this woman is frowning, but smiling. And I, I don't think I've ever quite seen anything that disturbing on someone's face. She's like this. I can't even do it. Like, Oh, I see what you mean. Like is it's it, a, it's a full on frown, but it's like her cheeks are like, like a smirk too. Very smirky, very <laughs> like, it just enrages me. Enrages me. I, I, I cannot with this bitch. And so her trial is going on. Her husband, Chad Daybell, he is awaiting trial. They're not going to start his trial till Lori's is over. And then she has another trial that she has to uh, go through. So, hmm. All right, so those are my two very um, superficial updates on my annoyance of this of this woman. So when we first when we left off, we left off at that they had served Lori a notice to find her children and produce her children, mm-hmm. and she failed to produce her kids. That's kind of where we left off. And at this point, Lori and Chad are married now. They're in Hawaii. And she's been served by police. She's like lounging by a pool in like a teal bathing suit. And she's been like, I think it's teal. She's been, she's been served to like produce the kids. And she's like, okay, thank you. Mm -hmm." Um, They proceed to get a warrant for her vehicle. And in the vehicle, they find social security cards of Ty Lee and JJ. They find multiple copies of her previous husband's death certificate, Charles Vallow, or not Charles Vallow. Yeah, Charles Vallow, which if you remember was shot in the back by her brother, Alex Cox, who mm-hmm. dis- who said it was self-defense. Well, if it was self-defense, why was he shot in the, back? in the back? Okay, yeah. Why was he uh, on the floor, face down, mm-hmm. shot in the back? 
and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about Alex Cox momentarily. Okay, so she's she's served. Now they have a warrant for um, Chad Daybell's property in Idaho to go look for these babies, look for these kids. So the remains of Tylee Ryan and Joshua J.J. Vallow, the two missing children of Lori Vallow were found in June, 2020. So this is several months after nobody had seen them on the property of Chad Daybell, <clears throat> Lori's new husband in Fremont County, Idaho. The police had been investigating the children's disappearance for months and had executed several search warrants on various properties associated with Lori and Chad. After conducting an extensive search of the property, law enforcement discovered the charred remains of Tylee Ryan in a pet cemetery. And what they found were just basically puddles and globs of flesh and bone, but nothing like all in one spot, not all of the remains of Tylee. And they were very charred, but also like pieces of flesh is how it was described. Mm. The remains of JJ Vallow were buried in a shallow grave. Remember he was seven. He was found um, wrapped in plastic with duct tape around his face from the bottom of his face to the top. He was wearing little socks <clears throat> and red pajamas. He had um, scratches on his face. So it looked as though he might've been alive at the time of his binding and trying to free himself of that and like resulted in the scratching uh -huh. of his face and his neck. But he did have ligature marks around his, his neck or um, signs of asphyxiation. So his cause of death was um, determined to be strangulation, asphyxiation, and Tylee's cause of death has yet to be determined because frankly, there's just not enough of her to um, determine that at this time. <clears throat> so the police had been suspicious of Lori and Chad since the ch children's disappearance in September, 2019, as they provided multiple false inconsistent statements to authorities. The investigation had revealed that Lori had joined a doomsday cult and believed that her children were zombies and that their deaths were necessary to fulfill their, her religious beliefs. Following the discovery of the children's remains, Lori was charged with multiple counts of conspiracy to commit murder, first-degree murder, and other related crimes. Chad was also charged with multiple counts of conspiracy to commit murder, first-degree murder, and other related crimes, as well as the murder of his previous wife, Tammy Daybell, which we'll get to when we talk about the trial recap. The discovery of the children's remains provided the evidence needed to bring charges against Lori and Chad and shed light on the dark and twisted world of the doomsday cult that they had become involved in. Here's, here's why I think that's bullshit. <clears throat> Is it the zombie part? Is that the bullshit <laughs> part? Or was there a different... So here's why I think that's bullshit, because if you really do believe, and we see this, you see this a lot in true crime world where it's like the world's gonna end my deity is telling me that bad things are coming and so i need to like to save my you know offspring from this i need to kill them then why did you hide it if this mm -hmm. is what somebody is telling you to do like whatever god you pray to then why would you hide it you wouldn't because you'd be like this is the right thing no, you're like this is what i believe yeah, this is, this, mm -hmm. this is okay. So if this is truly what you did believe and you thought that you were right, then you wouldn't make the attempt to hide it. Mm -hmm. 
or you're just Mm -hmm. a fucking monster and you murdered your children because they were an inconvenience to you and there were people she had shared like the zombie um ideology that she had and the doomsday ideology and then there were people that she didn't share that at all with like her older son her oh gosh i can't think of his name it'll come to me um but she didn't share that with her older son she didn't share that with so the the husband that died charles vallow the shotgun in the back he had two older sons and they didn't know about this either so there was a lot of people in her world that she she hid it from for good reason like for her she had good reason because she knew she was up to she was up to no good right you know her and chad were already having an affair while tammy his wife tammy was still alive even though they were trying to be a month later Mm -hmm. two weeks they were married two weeks after her death they were married two weeks after her death Mm -hmm. just very quickly very fast because they had already met they had already decided they were sealed in another life they should be they were they were married in many lifetimes before and she was his goddess and she was a, a a resurrected holy being and sounds legit <laughs> and if that's your fantasy world keep it to your fantasy world cool keep it in the bedroom awesome you do you but now five people are dead we've got five deaths attributed to these two people that's a lot that's a lot going on i know, you know? that law enforcement's hands are tied with a lot of stuff but i kind of hate how we keep seeing these cases with children that are missing where it's like hey so uh where are your kids at and they're like oh they're with Nana. Like, okay, cool, cool. Uh, we went and talked to Nana. They're not there. Like, huh? That's yeah, weird. My bad. I forgot. Um, they were Papa, and it's like, nope, we're arresting you. <laughs> like, how do you not well, know like, where your kids are? Casey Anthony, when they were looking right. for Haley, and she was like, oh, I left her with the nanny, the Mexican nanny, Zendaya or Zanaya, or she <sighs> came up with a name. And this poor woman who really did live in her apartment complex, yep. like Casey, like pulls it out of her hat and she's now being, she was investigating. She's like, I don't even know who this is, but like, oh, the, it, like, why does it have to be so stere- Like, why do you have to stereotype that? Why are you doing that? Like, like the well, Instagram mom that just accused a Hispanic couple of kidnapping her children. And that never happened. Never we happened. talked about that in the Susan Smith case when she said a black oh, yeah. hijacker mm-hmm. and it's, it's palatable to American, like the average, you know, I want to say average, but like to the majority of the American public to be like, oh, this, Mm -hmm. this person of color did this bad thing to Mm -hmm. a child. And people are just like, yeah, that tracks. It's, it's very, it's, it's not, it's very, it's, yeah. It's not. Thanks. We are. Uh, just a delightful trio this morning we're not <laughs> this is why we don't record in the morning <laughs> we're not discussing at all we really are I'm we're doing kidding. our best everyone okay we're here this was the okay. only time we're we could here. record we're here we're here well here we're queer aj was that was that it for your update and by queer, I mean happy. All yeah. right. So the trial has started. No, no, no. Oh, I have the trial update now, okay. which I will try to go through. I, I have extensive notes on it, 
but I'm going to try to hit the key points. So at the beginning of the trial, uh, the defense attorneys for Lori were very concerned about her very delicate mental state. So early on in the trial, they start to present the evidence of the children's remains and show the graphic evidence to the jurors. And they had put in a request for Lori to be excused from the, the courtroom during that um, showing of the graphic evidence. And the, the judge said, no, like you, you have to stay, which I fully support. Like, and I, I'm glad, like, do not let this woman out of your sight. And she yeah. needs to see what she has done. Um, so they continued to show the evidence. Um, the trial at the beginning was very focused on Lori's mental state. The defense called a psychologist who had evaluated Ballow and testified that she was not competent to stand trial. However, the prosecution countered with their own expert witness who testified that Ballow was not suffering from a mental illness that would prevent her from understanding the charges against her. So at the very basic level, she understands the charges. She knows right from wrong she's competent to stand trial like bitch please like you don't get you don't get that I'm right sorry now. if you're competent to make lipstick out of you know jolly ranchers then I think you're probably yeah. you're fine on the fifth day of trial the prosecution called witnesses who had interacted with Vallow and Daybell after the children's remains were found these witnesses testified that Vallow and Daybell had been acting strangely and seemed unconcerned about the deaths of their children the prosecution also presented evidence that Vallow and Daybell had involved, been involved in the doomsday cult that they and, and that they believed that their children were zombies. The sixth day of trial focused on the relationship between Vallow and Daybell. The prosecution called witnesses who had interacted with the couple, and they testified that Daybell seemed to have a very strong influence over Vallow. They also presented evidence that Vallow had believed that she and Daybell were chosen by God to lead the doomsday cult. So I just want to touch on this very briefly. So the relationship between Valo and Daybell. So leading up to Chad becoming a widower, his wife was very healthy. She was normal. She was a librarian. Um, they have several children. I, I don't remember how many. And he starts telling people, well, she's not feeling well. Like she went to bed with a cough and she didn't, she, she passed away on the couch. Like she died in her sleep. So initially she was ruled as um, not dying by natural causes and he refused to have an autopsy. He, he didn't want an autopsy, like it's natural causes, like, but they buried her um, fairly quickly after she passed. Now, after she passed, it was about two to three days. Like it was really quick. He went to the school district where uh, Tammy worked um, and requested the insurance payout, the life insurance payout that they had on, they had chosen each other as their uh, beneficiaries. And I think she had about a hundred to $130,000 life insurance policy. So just several days after he goes into the school district and requests this payout. And the lady that was handling his case, who has done this for years, has never had a person go in there that quickly after somebody's death and be so nonchalant about it and so she informs him like okay well you need to present the death certificate and he's like oh that's fine I, I've ordered eight copies so that was like a big red what? flag for her so she's she's been testifying also yeah so she's like normally you would order a couple like <clears throat> several but eight is like excessive so if we What's circle back really quick to when Lori was served 
go ahead. So what I think is interesting about that is I recently went through a class where you're certified to notify families when their loved one dies in the army. And it's like one of two things that you have to do. Mm -hmm. You're either the one that is the initial notifier, like, you know, like regret to inform you, you so on and so forth. Um, or you're the one that comes in and that's like a very short thing. Like you interact with the family for maybe a couple hours. And then there's another side of it where you come in after that person and you're the one that stays with them for up to a year and kind of walk them through the process of, you know, everything else, you know, planning the funeral. But when you die in the army, right off the bat, your family gets a hundred grand and it's called a death gratuity. And something that they kind of trained us for is that a lot of people don't want that because you got, and it's, it's just like, it, you get it within like 48 hours, this hundred thousand dollars. And it's to help with, you know, like the bills, because a lot of times the person that's in the army is like the, you know, the main source of income. Yeah. Right. Um, and something that they talked about a lot in the course was that people don't want that. They're like, you know, you go in, you're like, you're going to get this within 48 hours. Like, here's the form you have to fill out everything else uh whoever's designated to get it and families they they're like no like we don't we want them back we don't want this money yeah so it's after going through that it's it's more interesting to me to hear stories like and you hear it a lot whenever people do kill their their loved ones um that they're like oh well I need this money and it's Mm -hmm. it's not like I need this money because rents do I need groceries I'd like the children need to eat it's just like yeah, I just, I just, I just need this money. When on the other side, it happens so often in the army that people don't want this money that they've added it to a course curriculum to be able to navigate that, you know, walking people through like, Hey, like your, your family member wanted you to have this, you know, you're, I don't know, like what the, I don't want to say like you've earned it. Cause it's, it's a shitty situation. If somebody dies that you love and then I was like, Oh, you got all this money. But, um, and then on the other side, you have, oh, I print out eight death certificates and where's my money at? So yes, he, he requested eight copies. And as you were saying, Randy, like that's for someone to be that eager for it is very, um, um, it's not normal to be that eager for it at all. But by this time, now they have the children's remains. They are now suspicious of the death of Charles Vallow they make the decision to go ahead and exhume his his deceased wife, Tammy Daybell. And so as they exhume it, she goes back to the medical examiner and her cause of death is now changed from natural causes to homicide, death by asphyxiation. Um, and I, I'm not sure if I have it in my notes right here, but I do know that there are um, there there is evidence tying Lori directly to that situation. Now, whether it's like, she did the physical deed or she was kind of in, or she was not kind of, but she was involved in like that masterminding of, of, uh, her death. Yeah. Cause he was okay. the one that wrote all those books, right? Yes. Uh, fictional apocalyptic in, uh, yeah. End of times revelations kinds of, kind of, uh, kind of books. Which at one point in time, like I did try to read, um, what was it called? Left Behind. Mm-hmm. 
years and years ago, like when it was really big and it was like huge. I read, I tried to read the first one. Hoy. Uh, needless to say, I didn't read any more after that. I enjoy post-apocalyptic everythings, so. I mean, same, but it was so steeped in religion. That was the part I didn't love. I had a lot of friends yeah. that had recommended it, and I was like, this is not my jam. Um, yeah. I think I read the first, like, four books, because there was a lot of them. Yeah. There and then I just didn't read anymore. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, I like any kind of dystopian post-apocalyptic anything, mm-hmm. but it was very much. Very it was religious. too religious. It was way too religious. Okay. So the trial also uh, kicked off with the prosecution presenting a wealth of evidence against Lori Ballow. Communication records played a crucial role in the trial, re- revealing a disturbing pattern of behavior. Phone records and text messages showed that Lori Ballow and her husband, Chad Daybell, had exchanged numerous messages discussing their religious belief and when we say numerous we're talking in the upward range of 140,000 messages that were saved on her iCloud that one of the detectives had to read from beginning to end and it took that that I don't know if it was a detective I I don't want to misspeak Um, but it was it took that person over 200 hours to comb through these messages and it was like "I, I love you so much and this is when Tammy is still alive um her husband Charles had either just been killed or recently been killed. Like it was very, very soon. Messages were also sent to Lori's stepsons that were Charles' older sons. And she she let them know that their dad died via text message. You're and that it was, mm-hmm, and that it, they, it, they were, she was still waiting on the, me- the report from the medical examiner. And his sons are like, Lori, you can't just like tell us that and then disappear. Like, are there going to be services? We want to be involved. Like, and she just like ghosts them. Well, there's that um the the police body cam footage of mm-hmm. when they got called and she's like joking with the cops, like, oh my God, what are the neighbors gonna think of me? Like leaning against the car, like she used Alex, she used her brother like a like a puppet, and it's it's really, really sad. Okay, so we're talking about all their communication, all their text messages that were going on for a very long time. Now, at some point in their communication, at the beginning, they were trying to like hide it. And so they were going through like a third person to kind of conceal their communication. But then at some point, Lori just like straight up saves his number in her phone, but under a different name. She saves him as Bishop Shamway. To like That's hide not his. suspicious at all. Not, not weird. At all. And this is, or- this is still while Charles is alive and while Tammy is alive. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Witness, witness testimonies were cru- crucial in piecing together the events surrounding the children's disappearances and death. Family members, friends, and acquaintances provided chilling accounts of Lori Vallow's behavior leading up to and after the children's disappearance. Witnesses described instance, instances of her claiming the children were already dead and expressing no remorse for their loss. The defense team, on the other hand, focused on challenging the credibility interpretation of the evidence presented by the prosecution. They argued that Lori Vallow was a loving mother who had been manipulated and controlled by Chad Daybell, leading to her involvement in the event. Poor Lori. The defense also sought to introduce evidence suggesting that the children's death may have been accidental or the result of natural causes rather than intentional acts. P.S. A uh, fiber or a strand of hair was found on the duct tape that was um, around J.J. Vallow's face. 
So her direct physical evidence is on that duct tape. That's such a brutal way to kill somebody. Mm -hmm. The defense also sought to introduce evidence suggesting that the children's death, okay, I already said that. Um, as the trial progressed, the emotional toll on those involved was evident. Family members of the victims, as well as members of the community, expressed grief and anger over the loss of the children. The trial became a grim reminder of the tragic consequences of extreme beliefs and the potential dangers that they pose to vulnerable individuals. The trial by no means is done or even close to being wrapped up. We are in week three of the trial. Um, and the main theme is that Lori used money, power, and sex to always get what she wanted, including manipulation of her brother, Alex Cox, who I believe just days before he died of a heart condition, told his new wife, Zulema, he told her um, that he believes that Lori and Chad were going to use him as their fall guy. And now he's dead. So, and he died on the toilet of, of, of a heart attack and we'll never know. Um, there was also evidence of his fingerprints, I believe, lifted from the bag that was wrapped around JJ as well. What? Please don't let me die so... on the toilet. Please just not like that. Like, don't, I don't want to be found like that. That's a terrible, terrible way to be discovered. Um, so the, so far that's where we're at in the case. Long way to go, lots of evidence to present. And by no means is this going to be uh, done in a in a timely manner. So yeah, that's my update that I have on the Lori Vallow cult mom case. More to, more to come. There will be a part three. Yeah. Maybe part four to be determined. Oh my God, how bonkers. So bonkers. Very, very bonkers. Those poor kids. That poor family. So to wrap us up, I know we were going to talk some Lake Mead stuff, but I think we're going to save that for next time. Yeah, we had a lot of technical difficulties this uh, this Lots recording. of technical difficulties, but I do want to share a palate cleanser from a newspaper article, if y'all will um, humor me for a moment. This was a newspaper article found in the El Paso Times from Wednesday, April 13th, 1932. Okay. And it is entitled, The Loveliest Jewess. <gasps> is it about me? This oh is God. about the loveliest Jewess. So, so there's a there's a lovely picture and I will send both, I will send this clipped article to both of you as soon as we're done recording. Yes, and, and our loveliest Jewess, Randy, <laughs> who's also the badassist. Badassist? Badassist. Love it. Yep. So picked as the most beautiful Jewish girl in the United States, Miss Lydia Schulman of New York, today holds the proud title of Queen Esther. Strangely enough, Lydia has never been inside a beauty parlor, so it's all on her own. For her beauty, she gives credit to her fondness for spinach. <laughs> the queen will get a trip to Palestine as the reward of her pulchritude. Okay. The end. That's it. <laughs> That's the whole clip. There's a whole, there's just a lot going on there <laughs> in those couple sentences. 
Lots we don't, we don't use the word pulchritude enough anymore. I think we need to bring that back into our everyday vernacular. I believe it means just like um, natural beauty, charisma, charm. Hold on. I love how they're like, she's never been in a beauty parlor. And she can, she attribute it to spinach. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, pulchritude. Pulchritude. Pulchritudinous is beautiful. Pulchritudinous. That's it. It's just, that's it. It's just beauty. Is beautiful. Yes. Uh, the sentence is Dan g- gazed admiringly at the pulchritudinous brunette. So. <laughs> interesting. Oh, very interesting. And she is quite lovely. She's she's very very beautiful. I really like spinach. I really like this though it says even though it looks and sounds like it would describe a disease or a bad attitude (laughs) (laughs) actually describes a person breathtaking heartbreaking beauty i've never heard that word i would like to crown our randy as the most beautiful jewess she needs a crown of pulchritude i don't ever anyway i thought that was (laughs) pretty awesome that was interesting nine almost 100 years ago Oh my god. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I still think the 90s were 10 years ago. Yep, same. I know, right? And they are Jesus, not. They are not nope. 10 years ago. Nope. I realize that my little sister's in her 30s and I'm like, Jesus. Gross. Yeah. And she's also gross, but <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. There's that. <laughs> there's that part. Right. She is not pulchritude. She does not have pulchritudedness. Yes. No. I have no idea. Well, well, thank you for listening, everyone. Please like and subscribe. Follow us on social media. Send us an email su- with case suggestions or if you have a scary story. We're going to do another spooky story soon to get away from all mm-hmm. the death and mayhem and bad, terrible things. In other words, we're not going to cover a case for a while. No. <laughs> That's what that means. Doombringer AJ is... Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Love you. Enjoy your pulchritude-ness.